Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. And welcome to our podcast listeners, too. Absolutely. Glad to have you joining us for the Good News from Good Sam podcast. And we're broadcasting today from the youth room. Yes. So last week, Pastor Don, you preached, and it was the first Sunday of Advent. Right. What is Advent? Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be deeper for today. Thank you for (laughs) tuning in. It was nice to have you guys here. That was your your wisdom for the day. In the church, we call the Advent season the time of preparation for the birth of Jesus. Um, it's, it's basically the Christmas season. It's just the fancy church name for what we call Christmas. Um, and it starts the first Sunday after Thanksgiving. And it's four weeks up until, uh, until Christmas Eve. And we celebrate, it's just a way of, we call it the season of light often. And that's actually the theme for this year's Advent here at Good Samaritan is just light. And we're going to be talking about how the light of the world brings joy into our lives. Well, and I was thinking as I, I, I was on vacation last week, and so I wasn't here, so I had to watch the online sermon. You are able to watch it because 10 o'clock kept... I, I heard that, so I watched yeah, 8.30. 8.30. So we apologize for those of you. We had uh, quite a few technical difficulties at the 10 o'clock service. We dropped the service a couple of times yeah, significantly. But so. we picked it up again, yep. so we'll mm-hmm. be ready for... This weekend, well, what I what I liked about what I like about the theme, and certainly even since Sunday, there have been some pretty dark things that have happened in the world. I think about the shootings in Michigan, and a couple of our uh, members and attenders online uh, are from there or know people in from that Oxford, town. Mm-hmm. Michigan, I believe, yeah. is, is the name. And so, I mean, there's just. We need light. We need in this light. World. There's a lot of darkness in the world. There's a lot of people that have a lot of darkness in their hearts, and yeah. um, I just feel bad. As a sophomore in high school, yep, decided to go in and take four lives. I, I mean, he probably tried to take more, and you got to wonder what kind of confusion and darkness resides in his heart yep. um, that would cause him to to do something like that. And, and he's not alone. We have what mass shooting is defined by what three or more um, people hun- shot, and we literally year. have hundreds. Happening in this country every year, yeah. um, so and then you add on COVID and you add yeah. on economic uncertainty and all that kind of stuff, and we need some light. It can seem a little dark, yeah. but as we talked about in the message, when does darkness exist? Darkness exists when there's an absence of light. Um, if you put light and dark in the same room, the light wins every time. That's just how it works. Light drives out the dark, and so. As we talk about the light of life, right, the light of the world, which is what Jesus, two names for Jesus, um, we have to, re- we, I think it's important that we realize that we need to make sure that we are keeping close to the source of light so that we have light shining in our hearts so that we can then share that light with the people around us in the world. Um, what is it? Evil succeeds when good people do nothing. Right? Isn't that 
kind of how that saying goes. And so we need to make sure that we are the light that is shining into those dark places as often and as frequently as we can um, to help. We can't banish the darkness from the world, but we can definitely make a dent in it. And that's why it's important, I think, to worship, whether it's in person or online, to tune into things like this, to get kind of recharged through God's Word and some of the Absolutely. insights we get from God's Word to know how are we that light out there. Well, and I think like just how you started talking about Christmas lights, I mean, you know, how we see them up in the neighborhood. I mean, there's so many even events around town where like the focus is like Christmas lights. I mean, you walk mm-hmm. through the Ethelum Gardens, it's like Christmas lights and the, the driving at the Speedway. It's and it's something about just like seeing all of those lights. It really does like create this feeling in you. It does. That it? is hard to replicate any other time of the year, really. Yeah, it's so true. And I think um, when you were kind of talking about it, I was like, oh, man, I really want this year. I want to be really intentional about recognizing that and like kind of paralleling it over to, you know, the light of Christ and, and kind of helping to give that message to my kids, too, because I think you get that feeling, but maybe we're not always like identifying it and and naming it of like you know this is a reminder of the light of christ in our heart and so i really like that i mean even when our tree is up and our lights are up sometimes i'll just like sit in the dark living room with the tree on like at night by myself it's quiet it's like there's something about it it feels different and um i really like that you kind of started with that because it really helped to identify it 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 inspired me i want to make sure i drive by his house (laughs) and see Griswold, the light Griswold light display. Well, I will say, one December, I helped Pastor Don with the kit with his kids while him and Amy were out of town, and I think the directions on turning the lights on and off outside were more thorough than the directions <laughs> on caring for his children. <laughs> well, it's very complicated. <laughs> children are easy. Yeah. Feed them, change them, put them in bed. <laughs> lights on the other hand. No, I think I think. Tommy, thanks for bringing us back to that because this is important. I think most people get a special feeling during Christmas. Now, for those of you that are out there, I, we also understand that Christmas can be a little bit of a difficult time for folks. If you lost somebody, it can also be a time where people feel a little bit lonelier. I think for a lot of people, though, that we do feel something special about Christmas. And Tommy made a good point. We've got to name that feeling, mm-hmm. right? That, that feeling isn't just, oh, look at the pretty lights. That feeling is... It is our spirit reaching out for the source of the light. I mean, the reason Christmas has kind of that that feeling for so many of us that, that, that makes us feel a little bit different inside is because we know what it's supposed to point to, what it's supposed to celebrate. Now, we forget that. We get distracted from that. But uh, that is our spirit reaching out to Christ uh, during the Christmas season. So it's important that we name that and that we claim that. Um, that feeling so yeah. I, I, I love the Bible verse from John uh, that you had in the sermon where Jesus said I am the light of the world mm-hmm. and and it's that reminder um, you know obviously there are a lot of people that celebrate the holidays if you will who don't know him right but when we do know him those lights just take on that such a deeper meaning right it says I'm the light of the world whoever follows me does not have to walk in darkness Right? Doesn't mean that there won't be some dark times in your life, but it means that you don't continue to walk in the darkness, but you have the light of life. Um, and that's kind of that verse is the theme verse for the message for this past weekend light of life. Because light, right? The light of the world, the light of 
the light of joy, but the light of life. And that was really kind of the focus. Christmas is, brings life mm-hmm. to so many people and to so many hearts. And the reason it, it does is because Christ is the light of life. And so um, that's important for us to remember. And I, and I know just seeing some of the names of people who are watching right now, they're going through some difficult times. Absolutely. Too. And so I, I think acknowledging, yes, there are always periods of darkness, mm-hmm. tough times in life whatever the circumstances might be that cause them, but we don't stay there. And, no. and that's what this is all about. Yeah, because even into those dark times, the light can shine, and the light can drive out some of the fear and sadness um, and gloom that comes along with those dark times. So that's why we have to embrace that light of life, uh, embrace Christ during the season. And Lynn made a good point. She said that it, it's a common bond within our communities. And I think you could even see that like driving through your neighborhood too. like. Oh, like just, it's like we're all kind of mm-hmm. putting these lights out. We have this, like, we all is, have this community of, of that light. Yeah. I have waved at all, I've waved at four of my neighbors that I probably have not waved at the entire year because <laughs> we were out doing lights and they either drive by and said something about the lights or they were putting their own lights up. And so uh, I talked to a couple of them. Now, those two I've talked to a few times, but the other two neighbors seriously probably have not even waved at them in about six months since we don't see each other. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I like that. Thank you, Lynn. It is. It's a, it brings brings us together. Because um, the first point, which I think is a good one, Christmas lights in a house are nice. Uh, the light of Christ in your heart, that is life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and go back to that the kid that did the shootings. I wish somebody had shined the light of Christ into his heart a little yeah. bit because then those four kids, other kids would be alive yeah. today. I mean, he might still have issues and have problems, but the darkness wouldn't have consumed him yep. like it did. Absolutely. Well, I think even about that, I mean, you have to think probably the the victims of that shooting and their families. I mean, that's the other side of it, too. Mm. And you kind of talked about it. You know, it, it frees you. And I mean, in on the, that, the other side of it where you are angry and you're upset that this happened and, and this happened to your family, Absolutely. there is something freeing about, um, you know, turning to the Lord in those situations and maybe letting go of some of that, you know, anger, which... It's hard, and Oof. it's like something you might have to do every day, multiple times a day. For and a it could time. be in mm-hmm. situations that aren't even as traumatic as that. Right. I mean, I think there yeah. is something so freeing in, 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 you know, having that light of Christ in your heart. Well, and I think in your sermon, you talked about that. I mean, it, people watching now, people that were in church, we've got a lot of families who've lost loved ones. We've got Many. people that are dealing with job situations, employment right. situations, and... There is a lot of stuff, and, and the reeling, the feelings are real, mm-hmm. and yet the light of Christ is what gives us hope right. uh, through those feelings, too. I mean, we've walked with several people that have lost loved ones just recently, and the first time you go through a holiday season after you've lost a loved one that's very close to you, it's hard yeah. because the person they're not at the table with you anymore. They're not opening presents with you anymore. You know, all those things that makes the holidays special. And so... They need that light just to help them through this dark time of of not having the person with them during these special moments in their lives. And uh, we know we know these folks very well, and they are drawing so much strength and peace 
in the midst of the pain. I mean, they have told us this. Yeah. Well, and because the cool thing is a lot of you and a lot of our members who are listening right now and attenders are the sources of light. They're, yep. they're being Jesus in the lives of these people. So true. And, and letting their light and the light of Christ shine through them mm-hmm. as they care, as they pray, as they reach out to them. And, and uh, it's just, it's a great thing to see a Christian family operating like it should. A few weeks ago, when we were doing kind of some of our stewardship emphasis, you had Joanne, and you filmed Joanne. Joanne Reese. Joanne Reese, who who lost her husband, Dan, not too long ago. And she just talked about how Good Samaritan saved her life. Now, I think that was a little dramatic on her part, but it just, it literally saved her soul, the way that the church surrounded her with love and called her and sent her flowers. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the people of the church, of course. And just... We let the light of Christ shine through us into her life when she needed it the most. And it brought her so much hope in the midst of all that pain. And that's, yep. that's what this light is. Yep. doesn't mean that Dan's not didn't come back to life. Dan is still gone. She was just able to endure and get through because of the love that was poured into her life from people and because of her relationship with, with Christ, with that light of life. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, it is life-changing. It is. Uh, and life-giving, too. So, Tommy, here's a question for you. See if you were paying attention this weekend. What does Emmanuel mean? Um, with the I or with the E? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, she was. She was. Yes, paying attention. <laughs> All right, so a little trivia. You can spell Emmanuel with an I or an E. <laughs> and you'll still get to heaven. And you'll still Either get to heaven. Right. And you'll still answer the trivia question correctly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean, Tommy? Yep, God with us. Excellent. Oh, that's right. The literal translation means God with us. And so um, I just think about that for a second. Um, you shall give birth to a child and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, think about what that means that God is with you. Right, You don't have a God sitting up there on his heavenly throne waiting for you to mess up, uh, waiting for you to figure out how to reach him. Right, God is with you in your everyday common life. Um, and God sent his son as a human being into the world. Um, I use an analogy I, I'd like to share again. My wife, who is a very good teacher, uh, she taught kindergarten for many years. She teaches sixth grade now, but... When kindergarten, when she really needed to get a kid's attention, you're a teacher, you know this, you get down on their level, right? Mm-hmm. If you're reading them a book, you sit down, and everybody sits on the carpet, you sit down with them, you don't mm-hmm. read to them with standing up. And uh, it, what it shows, you get, you get down on their level so that they, they can see you, that they know you're paying attention to them. And isn't that what God did when he sent his son? He got down on our level. Mm-hmm. He became flesh, right? So Jesus knew what it was like to be hungry, what it was like to be cold, what it was like to be sad. Um, we have examples of him tearing, uh, tearing up in situations in the New Testament. Uh, he knew what it was like to be afraid. If you're ever afraid, you never have to be alone in that fear because you have a God who is with you, who not only is with you to support you, but also understands that fear. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed fearfully, Lord, take this cup of suffering from me. Uh, basically he was saying if there's any other way for me to save the world I don't want to have to deal with all the pain and suffering that's going to go along with it but not my will but yours be done and and he followed through on the promise in order to do that so you are never alone in your sadness in your fears or in your joys right God helps our joys I mean Jesus liked to go to parties turning water into wine Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I need to get him to come to some of our parties. That would be... Actually, he is at our parties. That's right. Because he's with us. He's with us. God yes. with us. Emmanuel. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I think that it's a hard concept to wrap our heads around because we know God is, uh, we, we call it the omnis, you know, omnipresent, omniscient, all those things, and yet God is with us. Mm-hmm. But that's such a source of hope and light in our lives, too, that we're not going through this life alone because yeah. he's always with us. And you said, referring to something Paul said in Romans, he's for us, too. He's with us and he's for us. And I think that is so important to remember. Um, there's this wonderful text that we skipped over, but I want to come back to it because I think it's uh, it talks a little bit more about this. But um, And then we're going to come back to this idea about God being for us. In 2 Corinthians, I want you to hear this text. It's a message translation, and the message translation means it's a little bit more of a paraphrase. Translation, not necessarily word for word, but more about getting the concepts across to you, um, is how they translate it. And uh, I'm going to back up for a second because a lot of people wonder about translations. We're going to have a little lesson on translations here for those of you. Capital E that or care. capital I? <laughs> capital E. Um, so, translation People say, well, doesn't the tra- don't translations get watered down because it's a translation of a translation of a translation, like a copy of a copy of a copy. But that's not the case at all because what they have is they have the originals. They have the original texts. When I say original texts, they may not be the ones that were written for the first time, but these are texts that were written all within probably about 100 years of Jesus passing. And they have them, they have them preserved in different libraries and different museums around the world. So when they make a translation of a Bible... If there's a different translation that comes out, and it's a good translation, sometimes people make funky translations, but most translations are good ones, and they come from the original. So it's not a copy of a copy of a copy, it's a copy of the original, right? And it's just people saying, okay, we speak a little bit differently now, so let's translate it into language that is common to how people speak today. Versus using these and thous and yeas right. and nays and so forth. Are some translations like word by word for word versus yes. sentence by sentence? I feel like I've read that somewhere. Yeah, well, the message translation is, like I said, more of a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. So it'll go more like um, sentence by sentence or paraphrase by paraphrase. They'll take the meaning of that paragraph and say, okay, how can we make this mm-hmm. meaningful? Right. Most translations are word for word. Mm-hmm. And yet, I, I, you know, even as you're saying that, but we're going deeper, so this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, because a lot of it, though, is in English and designed at people like us. And mm-hmm. yet that translation may not make any sense no. in Africa mm. right. or Asia or places like mm-hmm. that, too. And so my assumption would be, because I haven't been there, is there's probably translations that are more aimed at people who are African, for example, right. and things. So it makes sense for them, too. I was reading, actually, a story just the other day about a missionary in Africa. And they don't knock on the doors they stand at the door and they cough and that's how they let because they don't have doors yeah, they have like sheets point, or yeah. whatever and so that's how you announce your presence at the door where in america we knock or ring a doorbell they cough and so they could not understand the translation i stand at the door and knock that meant nothing to them yeah, yeah. and so when he translated it for them to read because he was translating it into the language he translated i stand at the door and cough interesting right i stand at the door and i make my presence known and so that's how translations can be a little bit different and the meaning's still the same right 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 but it's 
for their context yes. and their understanding. So, cool. There's a little example about how translations can be different. This is all bonus material. Yeah, too. bonus material. <laughs> didn't know you were getting that. Back to that scripture <laughs> verse, because Tommy really liked this, and I want to give Tommy a chance to speak about this. <laughs> Second Corinthians, it says, Whenever someone turns to the Lord, there is freedom. So much to be said about that. But let's just stay, let's just keep going for a second. Our face is shining with the brightness of God's face. And I love this. And so we are transformed, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become more like God. That is a full 30-minute sermon right there. And that's one of those great, beautiful texts that just kind of grab you as you kind of read through it. But a few things. Tommy underlined a word in her outline. Tommy, tell us a little bit about the word you underlined. Well, I circled it. Circled it. And I circled gradually. And I did that because for me, sometimes I want immediate like results of something. And that's in multiple areas of what? my life. What is it? Um, and... I like the reminder that it happens gradually because sometimes I feel like I could get hard on myself. Like, why do I still struggle with getting so frustrated with my kids every single day when I've prayed about it and I ask for help and it still happens? And um, it was just a good reminder that it, it happens gradually. And if I take a step back and look at other areas where I may have struggled in the past, I realize I, I don't struggle with those anymore because over time mm. it has become gotten easier in other situations. Gradually. It reminds me of a bumper sticker or whatever it was. Be patient. God isn't finished with, with me you. Yet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> gradually, gradually, Tommy has become brighter and more beautiful <laughs> and more like God. That's yes. right. Gradually. Right. Will she ever get there? No. She'll probably get closer than any of the rest of us at this table. Yeah. However, <laughs> she will never get there but it is a gradual transit. And, um, you know, it's interesting. If you are a believer and your life is not gradually getting better, in other words, if you're not gradually developing a little bit more patience, a little bit better ability to deal with difficult situations, um, my guess is you're really probably not dwelling in the light. You might be going through the motions. These are some hard words, so I'm going to give them to you anyway. You might be going through the motions. You might go to church, but you're probably not paying attention. You might pray, but you probably aren't engaging when you pray. Because if you are dwelling in the light, that light seeps into your soul. Now, I also understand that sometimes we take one step forward and two steps back. So it isn't like over a period of a week or, or two weeks. This needs to be over a period of time. But if you've been, if you've, if you've been a, a Christian for... 10 years and you're seeing no difference in your life, then you might need to look at some of your spiritual disciplines because the promise in scripture is that when you walk in the light, you gradually get brighter. You gradually become more Christ-like, which means peace, patience, strength, yeah. love. Those things become more in your life. Um, can you see what that She means? basically was saying what you were saying. This is not a straight line. You know, we take straight steps back or to the side and mm. then move forward again. Yes. And I think even with some of those spiritual practices, I think it's you can gradually get better at those too. I mean, say you struggle to pray regularly now, like you can gradually get better at it to where it becomes more of an actual impactful practice for you versus just, you know, going through the motions like you had said. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I think about times I I preach and it'll be on you know 
I don't have a perfect example right now, but a, a part of scripture that I've read before, but I'll see it in a totally new way. Yeah. It impacts and go, you differently. Why didn't I see that before? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a gradual maturing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think different life experiences help you to see some of those scriptures differently, too? Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think it's life yeah. experience, and then just as, you know, we gradually uh, mature in mm-hmm. Christ, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I see things differently now than I used to, and, you know, it's like. I, I tell my son everyone's like, if you would only listen, I could save you so much time <laughs> and so much trouble. And, but, yeah, but he won't. He's going to have to learn so many things the hard way. What? Wait, it's so, oh my gosh. This is so, you know, it's interesting because I have read the Second Corinthians um, text several times. I, I just remember it because Second Corinthians 3.16, John 3.16, so it kind of jumps in my mind. And I've read different translations, but it wasn't until I read this translation and the way that this translation kind of unpacked it for me that it really... Uh, kind of caught my attention and really made me think about it a little bit. That we become more, I love it, we become brighter. Mm-hmm. We become more filled with that light uh, the more time we spend with God. Uh, and I just think that, that you know, it's so important to remember. If you want to drive out some of that darkness, some of those dark corners in your heart and your life, spend more time in the light, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, and I know in your sermon, too, you, you spoke to the fact, and I totally agree, you know, I, I actually said this at a funeral yesterday. I was not a member of this congregation, mm. but, you know, I said, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the kind of love, the kind of care, the kind of compassion that he had for people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I said, I think when we see the best kind of love in people, it gives us a glimpse just a glimpse of what God's love is like. And Jesus said, God is love. And how can you not have light in your life when that kind of love is in our lives too? I'm going to unpack this a little bit more this coming Sunday about what it means for Emmanuel, God with us. But one of the things I'm going to spend a little bit more time with, but I just kind of want to make sure I remind you guys of today, is that when God is with us, it's important to remember that God is for us. Because why would God bother to be with us if he wasn't for us? He's not there just to annoy us. (laughs) No, exactly. Why would he go to all this if he wasn't on our side, if he didn't want what was best for us? This was not in my message, but this came to my attention because my wife was talking to me about this the other day. She went to listen to... One of her friends was talking to her. She knows he's a pastor's wife, so she gets the religious questions at her school. And this person was at church... Now, I don't know exactly what the pastor said, but this is what the person heard. And she asked my wife about it. This person heard the pastor say that even if you believe your entire life, at the end of your life, if you have doubts, you could go to hell. Mm. And I absolutely 100% disagree with that statement. Once again, I'm not 100% sure if that's what the pastor said. He was a Lutheran pastor. He was Missouri Senate. They tend to be a little bit more conservative. Actually, he was Wisconsin Senate. They're very conservative. And they will say some crazy things like that once in a while. However, it doesn't matter what he said. That's what she heard. And so now she's all afraid. What if I spend my whole life as a believer, but I have doubts at the end of my life? John three seventeen, For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I think God's a little bit more concerned about our belief than about our doubts. Doubts are a natural part of faith. We are never going to believe completely. But going back to what you said, you want to see what God's like. God, Jesus was not harsh, condemning, mean. 
he was loving, kind, forgiving. Mm-hmm. He did have some harsh things to say. For a certain group of people. For certain groups of people. Usually very judgmental, judgmental, harsh people. Yeah, kind of the pastors at the, the time. The pastors and religious leaders of, of the time. So, um, yes, uh, but uh, if you look at the life of Jesus, you understand God's heart. And I don't think God's heart is ever to say, oh, you were good, but oh, look, you had some doubts at the end. That's it. Sorry, those yeah. of you that are on a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the podcast pound, that was not in earthquake. Podcast, I just <laughs> pound on the table. I feel strongly about that. Obviously, I'm I had to emphasize sure. that. All right, because here is a reminder. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And if you do this, what will happen? You will experience God's peace. God's peace will keep your hearts and your minds quiet and at rest in Christ Jesus. Right? That doesn't sound to me like a judgmental God. And I think, too, you can see that in the lives of people who have maybe lived really rough lives and made some really poor choices. Mm-hmm. You can see the transformation in them, in their heart, when they have finally, you know, turned their needs over to God. And, I mm-hmm. mean, you it's a physical They evidence. look different. Yes. I mean, they literally look different. Yeah. And so I think that alone is a really good reminder of what that text really means kind of bring it to a close i know we've we've kept you for a while so we want to start to wrap this up but if you haven't seen the service please go look at the 830 service because there is a song that is sung right after the sermon that is so beautiful it's by lauren daigle and if anybody knows me they i love lauren daigle i love her voice she's very adele her voice is very Adele-ish, right? It's deep and throaty and just uh, just a beautiful voice, and her songs are amazing. She sings uh, the song uh, Light, Light of, of the world. world, Light of the World. But in it, there's this phrase, the world waits for a miracle, the heart longs for a little bit of hope. And then it kind of answers, it says, so come, Emmanuel. A child prays for peace on earth. I mean, think about all those kids in that school right now that are praying for some peace for some hope for some light she's calling out from a sea of hurt once again as she answers what's the answer O come emmanuel um and then it just says glory to the light of the world glory because the light of the world is here um i love this song because it acknowledges that there is people that need hope people that feel like they need miracles um people that are hurting and the answer in that song is this idea of Emmanuel, the light of the world with them. And it's the answer for you, it's the answer for me, it is the answer for this world that is filled with many good things, but also has these dark moments that just are so disconcerting and and frightening. And remember this, darkness and light. When the two are put together, the light wins. In your life, let in the light, let in Emmanuel. The more you let that light in, the more the darkness will be driven away. Please remember that. Never forget that. One of the things I'd encourage you to do is there might be friends of yours or family members who need to hear that. And you could share um, the Facebook link with them. Or uh, if you hear it on the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and share that too. And it doesn't matter where they are. uh, It might be a message they need to hear today too. Because it's for all people. Yeah, and then when you get off of when you get done listening, go onto YouTube, and Google "Light of the World" Lauren Daigle, and close your eyes and listen to the song. 
Amen. Yeah. Kristen did a great job singing it for she us. She was too, awesome. So. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. You want to praise out of here, Pastor sure. Scott? Sure. Let's pray. Please join me in the prayer. Lord God, we're grateful that you are a God who is with us. You are Emmanuel, and you are with us, and you are for us, and uh, you are the light of the world, and in our world, we need that light. We need you. And so I pray for everybody who's watching right now on Facebook or later, or those who are listening to the podcast, and let them know this season and always that you are the light that can make a difference in their lives and we pray and thank you in jesus name amen amen thanks everyone god bless you bye thanks again everyone for joining us for this episode of good news from good sam we ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.